I'm Pooja Sharma of IBS Intelligence and you're listening to IBS iViews podcast. Today we'll be discussing Digital Personal Data Protection Act with IDFI, a firm building technology products and solution that accurately authenticates entities. This helps businesses prevent fraud and engage with verified entities with least amount of friction. Its AI-based platform is used by organizations to streamline and automate their KYC, employee and merchant onboarding. But before we deep dive into that, do you want to access the multi-billion dollar fintech opportunity in the Middle East or India? If your answer is yes, then join Cedar IBSI Fintech Lab and fast track your journey of market expansion with us. As a Fintech Lab member, you have the access to skilled mentors and have the opportunity to learn, network and collaborate with like-minded individuals. Building your knowledge base, skills and connection visit www.cedaribsifintechlab.com. Now in conversation with Ashok Hariharan, CEO, co-founder IDFI. How are you, Ashok? Very good. We'll start with, uh, obviously, Digital Personal Data Protection Act. How will it impact the user's journey? So DPDP, uh, um, I think it's uh, it's something which I have been waiting for for the last four years. Uh, so it, it had gone to uh, gone to the parliament multiple times. Finally, it has uh, it has been passed. Um, the real reason that I was so excited about it is that it protects me as a citizen, um, right? Uh, how many of us are victims of our data being leaked by uh, many of the platforms that we were, uh, you know, that we have signed up for, where they have sold our data uh, without our permission, right? What what does that really mean? Um, the the act has three parties involved, right? There's a data principal who's who's us as citizens of this country. There's a data fiduciary uh, who uh, takes my data. And then there are data processors who process my data for the fiduciary. Now, the act is very clear that the onus of data protection is with the fiduciary. So, for example, if a fiduciary has transferred my data to someone, um, it is the data fiduciary's responsibility to make sure it's not misused, even though the the processor might be processing that data. Uh, By that, what I mean is, let's say... There's a bank, bank uses uh, IDFI as a KYC partner, uses TransUnion as a credit bureau partner, uses uh, SMS Gupshop to send SMSs. It uses a delivery partner to deliver your checkbooks, your credit cards, et cetera. It uses uh, maybe a FISERV to manage your credit card processing. What that really tells you is that all of those guys, if they, if we do something with that data, the fiduciary gets fined 250 crores, right? Like that's bottom line. So definitely what that means is the fiduciary now has significant responsibility to see how that data is managed, how revocation might work, how updation of my consent works. All of that is now the fiduciary's responsibility. So from a journey perspective, uh, journey is the simplest part of that equation. From a journey perspective, they have to be very clear notices. By by, By notice, I mean today, if you had you know, I agree to the terms of use and privacy policy, you can no longer do that. You have to be very specific uh, around why why you're collecting this data, for what purpose. And it needs to say something like, oh, I'm collecting the uh, proof of address for this purpose. I'm collecting the proof of identity for this purpose. I'm opening, I'm doing this uh, data, I'm collecting this data for bank account purposes. Now, the moment it is for that purpose, now you cannot market your other products to me unless I give specific consent. So consent has to be very, very specific. Now, that sounds easy at, at 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 a superficial level because you think that hey you know I'll just put those three notices as I'm cool I'm done. No, it's not it's not done because I as a customer or Pooja as a customer Pooja might not have given consent for marketing purposes. I might have 
Now that means that Pooja cannot get SMSs, but I do. What does that mean in terms of the data management that you need to do internally? Like in a sense, you need to de- demarcate customers inside saying that these people get marketing purpose. Now I can go in and say, I, I now revoke my consent. Then you need to make sure that data is deleted. You might want to update consent. Let's say two years ago, all you did, did to a change in the privacy policy will just add a couple of terms. No longer sufficient. Now you need to specify, specifically get my consent for the new new stuff, right? From a governance perspective, it becomes a nightmare for a for a fiduciary. But there are tools and technology and processes that you can set up to manage that. The customer, it is it is going to get better. For the fiduciary, they have to be more responsible. And the third, uh, for the processors, processors cannot do willy-nilly what they used to do before. I do want to uh, highlight the fraud prevention framework with ID5 products. ID5 is in the business of detecting fraud and establishing trust in transactions. So our mission statement is we want to practically catch all fraudsters in this country. By catching fraudsters, what that means is it enables genuine people to get more opportunities. So our tagline is unlocking the real, which is essentially means unlocking opportunities for individuals. In that context, what we have actually built is a integrated identity platform, which kind of integrates all these journeys into one, uh, one way to consume uh, onboarding in general so that fraud is eliminated at source. The largest Fraud in this country that happens is actually identity theft. And it starts from the telecom side where somebody uh, steals somebody's identity and gets a SIM card. From there on, it's almost a vicious circle. Because you have a SIM card, then you can open a bank account because now you open a bank account in somebody else's name. Now you can do UPI fraud in that bank account because who are you going to go catch? The actual fraudster is running, running off, he's done it in somebody else's name. So at the core of all fraud is essentially around controlling for identity theft, right? And that's our, that's why KYC happens. That's why authentication happens. What we do is we we have a platform to kind of capture the whole fraud experience at the onboarding stage from cap- capturing the documents all the way to assessing whether these documents are genuine to making sure uh, there's risk profiling done to say that, hey, this guy has committed fraud in the past or is he likely to commit fraud in the future? And then finally giving getting consent from, from the user for Various purposes. So IDFI as a pro, as a company solves four problems uh, at a broad sense. Does Ashok Karyaran exist? He exists because he has an ID card. Uh, does Is he the one doing the transaction? I can have an ID card. Doesn't mean I'm not a fraudster. Everybody in this country, even thieves have an Aadhaar card today. So that doesn't mean much, right? Second is you need to make sure that Ashok is the one transacting. I, you want to make sure Pooja is not pretending to be Ashok. So that's your second problem that you're solving. The third one is, has Ashok committed fraud in the past? He is the one transacting. He is the guy who exists. Has he committed fraud in the past? This is where you go to antecedent verification, right? Where you check whether there's a court record against a person, there's a FIR lodge against a person. This we do instantly. Finally, you want to check whether he's going to commit fraud in the future. How do you do that? You look at data. Data can play a big part of how you assess an individual for different purposes and different uh, use cases. So that's sort of uh, the gamut of things that IDFI does. Um, and we do at a transaction level, we do it, do this at onboarding level as well. Uh, we do a bunch of AML checks to make sure that, that this person doesn't, is not a, a politically exposed person or has not, has not been uh, listed by as a terrorist, things like that. So all of these are the, some of the checks that we do. We have about 150 different checks that we do uh, individually on individuals as well as enterprises. Uh, to make sure that they can be onboarded into different use cases. Identity verification is becoming increasingly pivotal in the BFSI and fintech industry. It's fascinating to see how the emphasis on secure and reliable identity checks is reshaping the way we approach financial services. What are your thoughts on growing trends like these? 
what we have to recognize is all the banks and the financial services have to find ba- balancing act between doing it easy and fast and doing it correctly. Uh, like I said, every every thief in this country has an Aadhaar card also. So just because you have an Aadhaar card is not sufficient enough KYC. You need to do a lot of other things to figure out if this person should be given a loan, etc. What is great about India and the government as well as the regulators today is that they're very particular about, about making sure that the right person is being onboarded because if we don't, the risk is too high for all kinds of fraud that might happen. Somebody might uh, impersonate someone else. If KYC is not done properly, the implications are far-reaching, not just for the fiduciary who's solving that problem of onboarding where it, there might be risk exposure. It is also the right thing to do by the citizen because every fake guy who comes through, uh, the system means that somebody's identity was stolen. The identity is the critical piece, in my opinion, of how of onboarding. So largely, regulators need to do, as well as the government, is to make sure that this is not made uh, necessarily only simple, but also accurate. Does this also affect the collection? If you don't do KYC properly, you might go and collect money from a guy who never signed up for you, right? So so KYC, doing that address check properly is super important because otherwise, if HDFC comes to me today, uh, let's say as a bank and says, hey, you took a loan from me, now you need to pay it. I'm like, sorry, I didn't take any loan. Where is the proof? And he shows me some proof. I said, sorry, this is not me. You you took somebody else's ID card, number one, or or they took my ID card, put their photo in, or you didn't take the right selfie from me. I, I didn't sign this document. There's so many different places that collections can go for a toss. But more than that, I think it is not just about the collection problem. Like I said, it's a citizen, it's the right thing to do by the citizen as well, right? Because if somebody opens a bank account in my name and then does a UPI fraud based on that, bank account uh, has no collection issue. In fact, it's, banks are very happy to open a bank account because money is going to come into the bank. So, but if I if they open a bank account and, and do some kind of fraud, the police will come after me as Ashok. And then I'll say, sorry, I didn't open this bank account. Where is the proof that I did? All fraud has suddenly increased. So I would say it's not just a collection problem, though I think collection is a big problem. And, and if you know what RBI did was they came after the BNPL uh, ecosystem largely on the back of yes, yes. Uh, collection issues. Yeah. Um, but it's also a, a account opening problem. It's also an onboarding problem. It's an insurance problem. Imagine if somebody uh, opens, uh, uh, gets an insurance, and then somebody pretends to be you and says and submits a, a death certificate on behalf of you and says I'm a nominee because you didn't do a nominee verification properly. You might actually give out the insurance to a nominee. Uh, even though that person is not the real guy. And collection is far beyond just a collection problem. It's it's really an identity problem. With BNPL, where you don't even have to uh, do a proper registration, just your number is enough to get a loan, yes. right? This is entire other different ball game altogether. Yes. Does IDFI also help organizations like all these emerging players? Yeah, pretty much. You name the wallet in the country, name the you know fintech in the country. They're probably using us for authentication in the back end. They are not. Some don't do any authentication, which is bad. <laughs> but um, but if they are doing some authentication, it's probably us in the back. Identity verification and consent management is the next big opportunity. You agree? I think it's far beyond identity. Uh, I, I think identity is like an onion. It has layers. The top layer is identity itself, which is Aadhaar, let's say, right? You, do you have an Aadhaar card? Are you the one transacting? Then you'll go into details like, oh, uh, is your payslip genuine? Is your bank statement genuine? It's not related to identity, but, you know, it, it kind of, the layers of identity is far deeper. So I call it an onion. It's not just at the surface. 
that we think of as KYC as a regulatory norm, but literally about risk uh, at a far fundamental, far more fundamental level. And as things become more digitized, this risk is only going to increase. As India becomes more digital, more more remote in transactions, the more the chances of fraud. It's literally a catch-up game, if you may, because the fraudsters are going to be one step ahead of the system. The system will catch 95% of it. There'll be one or two who will start to scale up fraud. Then you catch those. Then another, they'll find another way to defraud. Then you catch those. Then yeah, it's like a bigger, how do you build a bigger mousetrap? On a- it's exactly yeah. like whack-a-mole. Fraud is here to stay. It's only going to increase. Thank you so much, Ashok, for that uh, insight. Ashok Hariharan, CEO and co-founder, IDFI.